Good morning, and welcome to Introduction to Calculus. Oh, oh, wait, that's tomorrow. Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, October 15th, 2020. Uh, today we're reading from the big book, and we are currently on page 11 in Bill's story. Paragraph cinco, the fifth paragraph, that floored me. And we're just going to read the one paragraph only. Uh, today's readers, we have Sarah M. on the 12 steps, and we have Anita J. on the 12 traditions. And the readers of the text are Cindy C. and Diane B. Our newcomer greeter uh, following this meeting is Elena A. M. And the host uh, for the, the hostess for the second hour is Jen A. The share ID for yesterday, Wednesday, October 14th, uh, the 7 a.m. meeting, that number is 15,544. That's 15544. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, uh, 15,546. That's 15546. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. <clears throat> we welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively there are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any publico or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primario purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive reading can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I will now ask uh, Sarah M. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Larry. It's Sarah M. from Boston. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs.
I pass. Thanks. Hey, Sarah. Um, uh, thanks so much for doing that service. Okay, now up to the mic. We got our good friend and <laughs> we got our good friend Anita J to read the traditions. Hi, Anita. I can't. Someone needs to push me out of the bullpen. <laughs> Anita uh, J from um, where Massachusetts. Okay, the twelve traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority: a loving God, as He may express Himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters uh, affecting other groups or OA as a whole. And five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain Wherever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place Principle before personality, and I pass. Uh, thanks, Anita. Well, here's how introduction to calculus works. <laughs> Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately tres minutos. If you go over, uh, you'll hear me say, que paso? Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read and uh, we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done saying, uh, once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we resume our study of the, uh, the grande book, the big book, 
on page 11 in Bill's story, the fifth paragraph, uh, that paragraph begins, that floored me. And Cindy C is going to just read the one paragraph and comment on that. So with that, let's transition over to Cindy C. Hey, Cindy, good morning. Hi, Larry. This is Cindy C. Hopefully recovered in Pleasant Valley, New York. And the paragraph reads, that floored me. It began to look as though religious people were right after all. Here was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. My ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then. Never mind the musty past. Here sat a miracle directly across the kitchen table. He shouted great tidings. So, um, you know, in my life, Bill W. is such a hero because he was able to turn it all around. You know, there he was, a drunk that was afraid to even cross the street in the morning because he was afraid he would fall. And, you know, he became this great man who wrote this book and gave recovery to so many people. Um, And he was able to just turn it all around. So, you know, why can't I just wake up in the morning and turn it all around every single day if I have to, or even during the day if I have to? Um, You know, he says religious people were right after all because, you know, we think we're so smart. We think we know everything. We have these big egos, but really we're just emotional people that need to fall into whatever it is that we happen to be addicted to that makes us feel stronger, but it's not real strength. So, you know, um, Bill was able to see that he needed to get his strength from someplace else because Evie had done it, and Evie was a worse drunk than Bill. So, you know, um, my ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then. And this is a miracle, the fact that, that I'm sober and am not compulsively overeating anymore after my musty past is a miracle. And I believe that we're all miracles. So um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Cindy, for getting us started. And uh, we are, again, Cindy read uh, in Bill's story, page 11, the fifth paragraph. That floored me. We're just going to comment on the one paragraph. And uh, we, uh, although we value your experience, uh, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share as well. So let me get my pen handy on your marks. Get set. Go. Harlan G. Harlan? Mm-hmm. Who else? Lisa B. Hi, Lisa. Katie F. Hi, Katie. Anybody else? Jen A. Jen. Oh, I'll just stay silent. I don't I don't mind. Let's take a moment of silence. Phil Anybody a. else? Hi, Phil. Hi, Lori. Okay. Hi. Good to hear you. Thank you. Melissa right. Melissa? Was there someone else uh, behind Melissa? Okay. Well, here's who I heard. 
I heard um, I heard Babe Ruth followed by Lisa with an E. I heard Katie, Jen, Phil, and Melissa. All right, let's. Um, if everyone else, if you're not Harlan G, if you would be kind enough to mute your phone. And the good morning, Harlan. <laughs> good morning, Larry. Um, thank you for thank you for your service today. Thank you for everything. Let's take a look at what Bill has been struggling with. Bill has been struggling with this idea that there was a God personal to him, and God is now going to take sort of a new perspective in Bill's mind because he says, never mind the musty past. What does that mean, never mind the musty past? Never mind the splitting of the Red Sea or the Cubs winning the World Series or the mountains or the sunrises. Here sat a drunk, Ebby Thatcher. Here sat a miracle directly across the kitchen table and he shouted great tidings. Bill has been drinking since 1918. And it is 1934. He has been drinking for, what, 17 years now. And for, uh, forgive my math if it's incorrect. And there's mountains and there's oceans and all kinds of miracles. But now he is accepting the fact that God could keep a drunk sober. This was the most amazing breakthrough that God could and would if he were sought. And how do we seek him? We don't seek him through desire. We don't seek him through prayer necessarily. Prayer is important. Prayer is great. But we seek him through working the steps. Here was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. What's the impossible? The impossible was to keep a drunk sober and more than keeping a drunk sober let's let's continue keeping him happy about being sober bill had seen people not drinking he had a year of sobriety between hospitalization number one and hospitalization number two when he was scared sober but what he didn't know were people that could not be drinking and be okay with it that Ebby had been released and been released happily. My ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then. That God could work. He came to believe that a power greater than himself could restore him to sanity, which is step two. He came to believe that a power greater than himself could shout great tidings by keeping a drunk sober. This is the most amazing breakthrough. We're going to see more amazing breakthroughs and different amazing breakthroughs in the next page and, and what we're about to do in the next few days. But in closing, I say this. This was the beginning of Bill's acceptance that a power greater than himself was indeed the solution to the problem that he had been searching for since he was first admitted to Towns Hospital in April of 1933. This was November of 34. The problem met the solution. Ebby knew the solution, didn't know the problem. Bill knew the problem, didn't know the solution. Now they were confluent. 
Now they were together, and the world is going to change forever. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Harlan. Okay, give me an L, give me an E, give me an S, give me an A. Lisa, hey, Lisa. <laughs> good oh, morning. good morning, Larry. Thank you so much for your service and for everyone that's here this morning. My name is Lisa B, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. It's so wonderful to be here um, on this meeting with everyone. I love this reading, and when it says, that floored me, that was my reaction when I spoke to a fellow on this line. I was new. And I said to her, how many years have you been abstinent? She said, 10 years. I thought abstinence was recovery. I didn't know that abstinence was just the key to get in the door, but there's a whole other thing about getting recovered. Abstinence does not equate recovery. But what floored me was that she had been abstinent for 10 years. How on earth do you do that? I want to kill someone. I want to kill myself when I have abstinence only. I could never stay abstinent. I could get abstinent countless times, but I could never stay abstinent. And that floored me. And she shared with me briefly, you know, what she had done. And I know that the spirituality and the religion was going to be a part of the process. And it was such a barrier for me because I had my old ideas. And that's what he talks about. You know, he says, my ideas were revised. And then he talks about, and then that word human heart comes in, you know. And that's what I found in this process of getting from my head to my heart and studying this big book, using it as a recipe that I don't need to alter and change. I don't take out what I don't like and, you know, all that stuff. I, I follow it precisely. I take it. I take it literally, you know, and the other thing I needed to see is that there are miracles that happen in this, on this, in this program, you know, in this book. And I love the word miracle. It means surprising and welcome event that is unexplainable by natural or scientific laws. And that made me think of the step 10 promises. You know, we've entered the world of the spirit and that's also the fourth dimension outside of time and space. It sounds very strange, you know, but it is something that happens when I do this work in abstinence with clarity and from my heart, honestly, searchingly, you know, fearlessly, willing to go to any length. And it began to happen for me. And then he used that word revised. And that means altering something already written. You know, my perceptions were revised, but it didn't happen for me in step two. You know, it really happened for me in step 11. It began to happen as I was almost finished with my ninth step. But I think desperation, urgency, action is the key. And the speaker that shared before me and the reader, thank you so much. I loved the share from the reader. You know, willingness I used to think would be enough. Desire, I thought, would be enough. It's really about that action, that urgency, that desperation. And I have to continue that action and that urgency today, knowing that, that what is waiting for me if I rest on my laurels. So with that, I pass. Thanks, Lisa. Okay, we have Katie followed by Jen Marie. Uh, Katie, good morning. Good morning. This is Katie Up, a recovered compulsive overeater, calling from Virginia. And I love this paragraph because that's what happened to me. You know, I thought that I was a religious person. I thought that I had this 
personal, wonderful relationship with God, and yet I wanted to kill myself because I could not stop overeating. So I was, um, you know, very much where Bill was, afraid to live and too scared to die. And I went to a meeting. I'd been in OA for six years, and I was that person who, you know, would be abstinent and all giddy and happy about it for about a week. And then um, I would redefine my abstinence and just slowly get uh, worse and worse to where I was finally, you know, binging my brains out again and couldn't figure out what happened. And, you know, when I went to this meeting, um, it was 33 years ago and one week yesterday um, that I went to a meeting and I saw people with that look in their eyes that Bill saw in Ebby. Like there was a difference and I, the scales were lifted from my eye and I, the veil was lifted and I finally saw what I was doing wrong, which was everything. I was fighting this program um, on every turn. I didn't want to do what I was told to do ever. And I always thought I had a perfect reason why I needed to um, deviate. And, you know, I had to completely surrender to uh, to my higher power, and I thought I had. I really thought I had, but then I realized that I had surrendered in every area of my life except with my food, and that I really didn't believe that God was interested in, you know, this little fat woman's um, food issue, and I thought that I needed to figure it out on my own. I mean, there was so much information out there. Surely I just needed more knowledge, and of course that didn't work. And You know, I can't say what the magic bullet was that someone said at that meeting. All I know is that I have not looked back. I have not turned around ever since that day and said, you know what, I think my way will work better. Instead, I'm willing to listen to what other people suggest. I'm willing to wait, to pause, to to just wait for God to show up, and he always does. And I'm so grateful to be in a place where I am neutral with food. I didn't even know that was an option, and I am so grateful. It was that I Thanks, Katie. Okay, we got Jen, followed by Phil, followed by Melissa. Hey, Jen, good morning. Hey, Larry, good morning. Thanks for your service today. My name is Jen A., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater here in Littleton, Colorado. Oh boy, here was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. Um, You know, I I knew that something had changed in me. Um, I was outwardly and inwardly rearranged. Um, The promises were coming true in my life. But let me tell you, when I sat down at Panera Bakery one Saturday morning after a meeting with a fellow, and I looked across the table from her, and tears just started to fall from my eyes. Because what I had seen, not only was happening in me, but it was happening in somebody else. I got to experience this miracle, this extraordinary event, right, that occurs. There's no explanation on this earth for how it happens, right? It's supernatural. It's an act of God. And it happened in this girl that sat in front of me, right? And seven months before that, um, she was my roommate at the OA birthday party. I didn't know her from Adam. We just like shared a room, went to the beach, um, read the big book, you know, dug in. Um, It was just amazing. 
But seven months later, I sat across from her. Her eyes sparkled. Her body was, um, I'm just going to say it was thinner, you know. Um, Her hair was curly and beautiful. Her smile just was from ear to ear. And her disposition was so light. Wasn't the same girl I met at OA birthday who was trying to figure out every reason for why this thing wasn't going to work for her. You see, I came in like that too, questioning, wondering, Um, but when I put my hands up in the air and said, you know what, God, I'm out of ideas and I don't have the answer. Um, And I knew that the religious way hadn't worked right for me because I had been in the church all my life, but I was so desperate and willing to try anything um, that I did it. And, um, you know, it's just amazing when you can sit across from people and see the transformation and the difference and you continue to watch and see them grow And, um, you know, I just was with her, and and she celebrated three years. And um, she's a sister of mine in program. And together we trudge. You know, we do this work. We call each other with 10 steps. Um, We connect, and we connect with God and spur each other on. Iron sharpens iron in my book, right? Um, But, wow, you know, I'm so so grateful that, um, like it says right here, he shouted great tidings. You know, I'll never forget when we drove from the beach to the hotel back and forth every single day, every morning to watch the sunrise and listen to the vision for you meeting. People shouted tidings of great joy. They 12-stepped her in the car, and I watched it. And you know what? That's just what we do, right? We share this message. We continue to give it away to others. We tell them about this allergy of the body and the obsession in our mind and the spiritual malady that lies deep down inside of us that needs a spiritual solution. So who did it for me? God, the religious idea won out in Jennifer Marie. It, it, it won out in this other girl too, and it can continue to, to run out in everybody else's life. But first I had to surrender. And with that, Larry, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Jen. Okay, next up we have Philomena, followed by Melissa, one of my great teachers from over the across the pond. Hey, Phil. Oh, Laurie, you give me a big <laughs> hand here. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Phil. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Kike, Fergus, in Northern Ireland. And it's amazing to be on here because last year I was 231 stone and desperate. I'd relapsed for the hundred thousandth time. Anyway, there was a chap who came over to Dunleary. He gave us a talk. Um, Harlan couldn't make it, would have heard Harlan too, um, shouting the great tidings of recovery um, in this in through vision. Um, so I got on this road. I got a sponsor, and I'm just over eight months abstinent, one day at a time, which I'm delighted about. It's incredible. One of the jewels in the whole crown for me is the ten, uh, step 10 train. And um, today I realized after a meeting that I need to process the time in my past when I was in my 20s and um, I, I was raped. Now, I haven't dealt with this over all these years, eight and a half years in program. I, I don't know where, where it disappeared to, but it's raised, it's come back up again. So um, in my writing with God and, and what I heard from God today was pray for him. Did I want to pray for him? No, I didn't. But I prayed for the willingness, got it, and said a prayer for him. And that would be the start of 14 days. And I realized that there's a lot of wisdom in it because I didn't have a choice then, but I have a choice now. 
and my choices. I'm taking my power back. I'm going, starting the process of releasing him and releasing myself. And I'm finally starting to let go of that part of the musty past. And for that, that's my miracle today. And uh, just thank you all so much for being here. Larry, thanks for you for your service. And uh, this is just fabulous. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Phil. Okay, before we go to Melissa, I'll tell you that we're going to, if you're scared, I used to be scared. This big blabbermouth used to be scared to share. Um, so if you're, if you're like I used to be, um, just get ready. And with that, hey, Melissa, good morning. Hi, good morning. I'm Melissa. I'm compulsive overeater from Virginia. Um, I've been a voyeur in this group for um, probably about a month now. And it's so funny that um, Phil just said, if you're scared to share, I've thought about it a number of times, but people generally come on the line so quickly. Um, and today, you know, I thought, I, I emailed my sponsor this morning about this meeting and saying, oh, I listen in, but, you know, there's so many people I, I've never spoken up and I don't know how helpful that is. And so today with the lapse in people kind of, um, you know, jumping on the line to share, um, maybe that was my higher power saying, claim your, claim your seat. Um, I really struggle with my concept of a higher power, but what I'm learning is you know, if I don't believe in a power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity, can I act like I believe? Um, you know, do I have the willingness um, to take the action steps that are put in front of me? And I can see how this program works in you all. I mean, it's, it's beyond anything I can imagine to have abstinence, let alone neutrality with food. Um, and I keep trying, right? I show up to meetings. I just got a sponsor. I got my OA workbook yesterday. Um, and while I haven't gotten it, I can see that I'm making progress. You know, I can see that I pause before I pick up the food. Um, and you know, that willingness, right? It says in step three, um, you know, do we have a willingness to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand him? And that's all we need, right? To put that key in the door, the key of willingness. Um, so today I'm going to act like I believe um, and I am willing to turn my will and my life over to the care of God that I don't understand, right? Um, but I, I just hope when I keep showing up and I start working the steps with a sponsor, I start forming connections with people that I can call on and rely on when I'm suffering, um, that I will be able to get what you all have. And so thank you for sharing that with me, just your experience, strength, and most importantly, your hope, um, because I really hold on to that. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Holy smokes, Melissa. My heart is smiling. <laughs> That's a big bunch of crosstalk there. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, we are on page 11, the fifth paragraph. It begins that floored me, just one paragraph only. 
And I did clean out my ears this morning, so let's see if I can hear you. Who would like to share? Russ Ann. Russ? Lisa? Kelly, Nicole, Barbara E. Nicole, Loretta Barbara. Loretta H. Claire? I'm gonna I'm gonna stop right there for a minute because I definitely heard Russ, Nicole, Barbara, Loretta, Claire. Was it a Lisa or did I just not clean my ears out good enough this morning? Was that Lisa Denise. right after Russ? Denise, thank you, Denise. Denise, I gotta be. Denise, I got to do a better job with that witch hazel in, the, in, in, in my ear, I swear. Okay, so let's go with that. I heard Russ, Denise, Nicole, Barbara, Loretta, Claire, and I apologize if I missed you. I'll try better next time. Russell, good morning. <laughs> good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service. Good morning, family. Oh, man, thanks for being here. This, this program, what blew me away? So before... You know, as as I my whole life, uh, the the food junkie that I I am, and you know, have been my whole life. You know, I was stone cold buckwild crazy over food. I would do anything to get to that food and the numb and not have to deal with life. I hurt anybody. I I did steal. Uh, I did things I'm not proud of. Right, but when my first meeting. My first OA meeting that I had no other option. I had to go or I was losing my family. They did a little intro meeting, welcome meeting. And the person that ran that meeting, and I know she's on this line right now, said to me, you don't have to live that way anymore. This doesn't have to go on. I'll never forget that. And that's what blew me away. That was the start. That was the seed. She planted that in my soul. And that compels me to do that for others. When it's inconvenient, when it's a pain in the ass, when I don't like my sponsee, when the sponsee don't like me, when we're being difficult or somebody asks me for service, I go back to that moment. You don't have to live that way anymore. And you know, by the grace of God, and this, these 12 steps, I'm free today. Relationships have been repaired. My family... Is, is spiritually thriving. It's incredible. It's incredible what God has graced me through this program. Something that I don't deserve from all the heartache, confusion, and chaos that I created over my lifetime. And it's not a BS story. I'm not overblowing it. You know, I lost a lot of things. I lost a lot of friends. And, you know, I almost lost my wife and kids, which are my most valuable possessions second to God. So I just want to let that newcomer, anybody that's nervous of sharing or nervous of doing the work, don't overthink it. Don't waste 45 years of your life trying to figure out why you can't stop eating and you got it, you know it. That no, we have to be know-it-alls. Don't be like me. Pray for God to concede and to surrender. And you'll have a life that you, just, you won't be able to believe. Even through all the BS, even through when life kicks you in the face, it's still going to be good. It's still going to be good, so... That's what blew me away. We don't have to live this way anymore. So, Love you. You have a beautiful day. Thanks, Larry. Oh, you bet. Thanks, Russ. So next up, we have Denise followed by Nicole. If, if you're not Denise, because Denise knows who she is. If you're not Denise, if you would uh, mute your phone. Good morning, Denise. Press star one, Denise. 
Sorry. Sorry, Larry. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're coming through great. Good yeah. morning. Sorry. Good morning, Larry. Denise B. Gratefully recovered a compulsive overeater in Ireland and wonderful to be on the line. Um, yeah, I just love this paragraph. For me, this is the miracle of recovery highlighted in, in four or five lines. And the, the part that always jumps out at me is that part here was something at work in a human heart. Because when I came into the rooms, I was beaten into submission by this uh, illness. You know, morbidly obese, could barely walk, could barely breathe. And even in the rooms when I started working the steps, you know, it was so hard for me to get out of my head and into allowing the experience of the steps to really experience them in my heart. And my sponsor used to say to me, you know, Denise, this is not an academic program. This is not an intellectual program. You're not meant to know how it works. You don't need to have all the answers. Try and stay with the experience. Try and accept the transformation. And I didn't understand what she was saying, but I knew that I was looking at people just like Bill talks about Ebby across the table, you know, the miracle directly across the table. I was looking at people in the meetings that were walking, talking human miracles that had what I had, but were so different, were happy, were joyous, were free. They were certainly not a glum loss. And there was laughter and it was genuine, that laughter that connects to their eyes. But for me, it was only when I let go the wanting to stay in my head and get into my heart and really, really be willing to experience it and to have a change of heart and know what it was like that I didn't have to have all the answers and it wasn't academic that and it changed for me and by the grace of God today I am one more of those miracles of recovery and I get to have the joy of of passing on that message and not being a glum loss and and smiling and, and it's not fake the way it was for years when I was in this addiction so I just wanted to share that grateful to be on the line and thanks Larry Oh, you bet. Thank you, Denise. Okay, next up we have Nicole, followed by Barbara, and then we got Loretta, and then we got Claire, and we just keep going here. Hey, Nicole, good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, this is Nicole C. in Morgan Hill, California. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I am really, really, really grateful to all of the shares that I've heard so far. I turned up the dial and got on early this morning so I can hear some heady, heavy hitters. And I've already got to hear several people that I was hoping to share, um, hoping that they would share. So it just really picked me up and touched me this morning to hear everyone. And there are people on this line that I've heard already this morning that I've literally visually seen a psychic change in just by hearing them on the phone. You know, people that I've heard dial in years ago who started out new, who are, I'm hearing their voice now, and it's another Ebby. I mean, it's like, whoa, who is this person? This isn't that person before on the 4 o'clock. Well, for me, it's 4 o'clock. Um, and for me personally, I had um, entered into a few different bottoms in my story, and I've seen a few Ebbies, and that's what's actually kept me going along the way. When I first got to my knees, I had um, I was unable to get my wedding dress over my thighs when it arrived because I had put so much weight on so fast. This is 
six years ago. And I white knuckled it and I asked a friend who was in the fitness business to help me as a friend. I didn't pay her anything. And she, she helped me white knuckle that weight off for the wedding. And by the time the wedding came, it zipped up just in time. Like, Oh, it was such a relief. And I cried tears of joy, you know, I'm like, okay, I can fit in my dress, my wedding pictures. And then on the honeymoon, all back, all back. All I could think about was, actually, I can't even tell you how excited I was till we got to the cake part. Oh, my God. Once we had cake at the wedding, it was over. And then the next two weeks were all about what restaurant can we go to. What I mean, Everything was about food. Everything was about food because I had held it in for so long. And when I finally got to a physical bottom, I went into a um, – I went into OA because I had seen a friend go from extremely morbidly obese to a size four, and it just blew my mind. And so I checked it out, and I did it the way that she and, um, you know, her peers in that group were doing it, and I lost the weight immediately for a year, but no one was taking me through the steps. Everyone was all about control. And so I'm so grateful that that weight like blew off for that year, but it wasn't sustainable and I was still dry and crusty on the inside. And I didn't know how to be at peace and ease if I wasn't following this exact list of control items. And now I have this amazing sponsor who's been abstinent for years and years and years and who understands the real program of recovery, not what she wants the program of recovery to be, but what it actually is laid out in the book. She's familiar with the traditions. She's familiar with the concepts. She knows what OA is and what OA isn't. And Gentle reminder. An entire, thank you. And it's an entirely new experience. So what I would like to offer you, if you're new and you haven't walked through the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous, don't give up until you've done that because you'll find that you won't want to give up because you'll have a psychic change and you'll have an Ebby experience where someone else will be able to look at you and get hope. Thanks for letting me share. Oh, thank you, Nicole. Okay, next up is Barbara followed by Loretta. She's on the mend. She's taking her three. Hey, Barbara. <laughs> Good morning. Hi, everyone. I have to tell you, I fell asleep eating my bananas, my breakfast banana this morning. So I hope that I'm coherent, uh, but I will do my best. When I came into OA 24 years ago now, I got abstinent because I chose a sponsor and I knew and I wanted to be honest, open, and willing with her every day. I tried every scheme or almost every scheme in the book, and I'd always lost weight, got a master's in losing but a PhD in gaining. But what I didn't get until I started working the steps was the knowledge that, as it says, I believe on page 62, the, our troubles were of our own making, and I can't blame anyone for my troubles. I needed God's help, a God I didn't believe in, because I suffer because of, of my thinking and my poor behavior. I had to stop playing God, looking for ways to manipulate you and get you to acknowledge that I was right 
when the only right thing I did was come into OA and truly listen to the words of others in OA. I was trying to play God. I wanted to be the director, but no one wanted me to be the director. I had to learn the hard way over many years that no one desperately needed my opinion. I was not saying myself when it came to my own life. I needed a power with a capital P to direct me. I had to be willing to accept good orderly direction, God if you wish, from my sponsor, from this book and the lessons learned from and listening to you, my fellows, every day. I was not unique, unfixable, and that you were me and I was you, and just maybe there was a way out of that hole I dug for myself, with a knife, a fork, and a spoon. And I had to understand that the cornerstone for me was willingness, and I had no choice but to accept the the things that I, the lies that I had been telling myself as all as your fault. I needed to stop my seething emotions. I needed to be willing, but I was locked in this cage of my own making. So I needed the steps. I needed a step sponsor. I needed to follow the path. I needed to take every action, not some, not saying maybe, but saying, yes, ma'am. What can I do today to be happy and serve you? And you with any doubts about Big Macs, fries, candy, and ice cream being the solution, for me, they were not. Thank you very much. This is a beautiful program, and I didn't fall asleep in my banana. So I thank you very much. I'll see you when I get out of the hospital. Uh, thanks, Barbara. Thanks, uh, get well. Okay, next up is Loretta, followed by Claire. Loretta, good morning. I needed that cheery voice, Larry. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody, for being here and saving my life. This is Loretta H., compulsive reader, recovered from Raleigh, North Carolina. I always forget that. Okay, not that I forget. <laughs> uh, I love um, the reorganization, and I use the acronym for surrender. Seriously understanding real recovery entails not debating every reason. And that is kind of what happened the day I met my first Debbie, uh, and she basically 12-stepped me on a run. And I was willing, for some unknown reason, odd or God, to allow her to take my food. With God's grace, that was 19-plus years ago, I have been able, and I still text my food into this day to somebody else, but I still do it. Because that was my surrender, that I was not going to direct the show anymore. I had for 54 years. Uh, today, with God's grace, I'm still upright and shaking and moving. Uh, but today, I also just recently have an, another Ebby who, because this program is um, spiritually, you know, you're progressing spiritually, I saw a spiritual feature in this Ebby. And I wanted that, so I redid the steps with her. And um, today I, I have 
another experience with the steps because I saw another uh, reorganization in something that I needed more to enhance my program. But I also, um, with God's grace, and that's what the, it's the gift that keeps on giving, um, it's priceless, is I see Ebbies in my sponsees now. I have one sponsee, and I, I only um, sponsored few men, that actually, it, it, from day to night, he's, he's not only mentally different, because I can hear it in his 11-step reviews, but physically, I mean, it's like, I, you know, it, it's amazing. But it talks about this in the spiritual experience, and then I hope I don't go over my. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformation, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are of what is called the uh, psychological psychologist William James calls the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, the friends of the um, I, I can't see a, a newcomer are aware of their differences long before he himself is. And I think that's what I've realized in this program. I never saw my transformation or reorganization, but others have. And now I'm, okay. And now I'm seeing it in all the new people that walk this path. So with that, I pass. And thanks everybody for being here. Have a blessed day. Oh, thanks, Loretta. Okay, next up we have Claire. Claire, it's your turn. Hi there, everyone. My name is Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eating in the UK. Uh, thank you for everyone's shares and everyone's service. I've really enjoyed listening today. And um, this paragraph's great. It makes me smile. Um, that floored me, you know. And to me, to that floored me sort of implies that I was completely flummoxed. And, um, you know, I really identified. I've been flicking back through the chapter, and this is no means exhaustive. But, you know, Bill had by best time tried self-knowledge and belladonna treatment, hydrotherapy, inpatient treatment renewing his resolve, geographicals, fear. And I'd tried all sorts of things before I came to OA. I'd done psychotherapy, I'd done diet clubs, I'd done um, various different inpatient uh, treatments, everything else. But, you know, it really floored me. When I came into OA, it seemed like the answer then, you know, sort of religious people were right after all. And you think, oh my God, is that, that this is it? That, you know, my, my belief, my cynicism, when I came into this program was something else, you know, religion, God, miracles that would have just absolutely turned me off you know what i what i wanted was some sort of you know sort of new control that i could i could find from somewhere in order to control my eating disorder and it, it to be honest it wasn't glad tidings for me or great tidings when i came in that that was just like about the worst um solution to my problem i could imagine just just because i just couldn't imagine it i just couldn't imagine that working for me um but, you know, as my sponsor, when I, when I got abstinent, um, you know, uh, uh, three years ago now, um, said to me, um, look at the evidence, you know, look at the evidence. And here was something, you know, here were people in front of me who clearly suffered from the same thing as I did because they were telling stories about food and I was identifying with them in a way I'd never identified with anyone else. And they weren't doing that anymore. And that was powerful, really powerful stuff, because that was a blooming miracle. There was no way I could keep my nose out of the fridge for more than about an hour. 
So the fact that I haven't had the need to binge or vomit for three years now is, is a complete and utter miracle. Um, and I can't explain that. And it says, I love that sentence, here was something at work. That's how vague it is, something. It doesn't matter what, something was working for them. And that was enough. That was enough to hold my attention. That was enough to get me started on doing the work. And um, I love what's been said about work in the human heart as well. And, you know, we do the work. We do the work. You put the action in. I know if I put the action in, then I then I have the experience. But actually, the work does it to me. I mean, I'm even just this morning, I've, I had the privilege of hearing Step 5 this morning. And... Um, you know, I don't know what it is. I sat there, I tried to give it my attention for the time we were on the telephone and, 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 you know, made the comments that came into my head. But you know what? I come off the phone and I feel closer to my higher power. I feel an energy. I feel neutrality around food. So God knows how that works. Something is working. It's an action that's not really connected to the effect, but the effect is that it keeps my nose out of the food. And I'm so grateful for that. And, um, you know, it's a privilege. And it's, you know, the miracle sitting across the kitchen, you know, the miracle on the end of the phone, I get to see other people recover. And that really, really, affirms my own faith and trust in this program and um you know again my sponsor used to say to me don't trust me trust this program and that is you know for me there's something that is at work in our human hearts which have done the impossible in this program and i hear these miracles every day on this phone line and i absolutely love it and with that i will pass thank you thank you claire okay i got my abacus out it looks like we have time for one more two-minute share who would like that Nessa r Oh, great. What a great way to end. I'm sorry. I got Nessa. Good morning, Nessa. You take us out. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Good morning, Vision, for you. This is uh, uh, Nessa R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, My my sponsor is the miracle across the the table for me. Um, You know, I was so bogged down with the unmanageability of my life that I thought that my life had to be manageable for me to uh, be able to work this program. And, you know, obviously, you know, from, from the fact that uh, Chef One Fifth uh, admitted that we were powerless over food and our lives had become unmanageable, that I was putting the cart before the horse, that once I put the food down and recovered, then uh, my life would be manageable, which it is right now. It's been for almost um, nine years, although the circumstances haven't changed a great deal, you know, maybe just the, the, the characters are a little bit older. Um, and so when I met my sponsor, um, here's sort of a woman across from me who physically was changed, um, but her circumstances weren't perfect and they were very similar to mine. And so, you know, like it just didn't add up for me. Like, you know, she had financial issues, family issues, work issues, like we all do, like I had. And these, these same issues that she had that were not an impediment to her recovery, I couldn't see how, uh, for me, they, they, I mean, like for me, they were unsurmountable obstacles. And she showed me, she showed me that they didn't need to be. She showed me that once I put the food down entirely, and I worked the steps, and she directed me um, uh, very, very well to, to work the steps and, and as quickly as possible, uh, that all that would come into place. It didn't mean that my problems would disappear, that all of a sudden my life would be transformed into a fairy tale. It didn't, and it still hasn't. But 
everything would be manageable. And not only everything would be manageable, but I would be happy, joyous, and free despite all of that. Because she's not there, in, thank you, in a normal body and happy, joyous, and free despite or maybe because of all, all of it, because she was aligned with God's will for her. And if I did what she told me, I would get what she got. And that's, that's the story of my recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Nessa, for closing us out. And gracias to everyone who's participated today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Let me give you the share ID for today. That number is 15,551. That's 15551. And uh, we'll now close with a reading from the big book on page 164. We'll follow that uh, with the serenity prayer. Would Diane B. please uh, read a vision for you for us? Good morning. Thank everyone for your service today. Good morning. This is Diane B. from New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirits, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.